Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Let's roll. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Morenci. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people of Boston, and everybody else in between throwing it down as the Thursday night throwdown has begun. The Los Angeles Lakers throw down the Portland Trailblazers uh, this evening in, in crazy fashion. It continues in the bubble. As uh, the total, 229 uh, points. Once again, uh, the total comes nowhere near uh, the number as defense is the theme uh, of the night tonight in the bubble, at least as far as the Los Angeles Lakers are concerned. The Portland Trailblazers held to just 88 points in a blowout. And in one of these weird games, once again, in which if I told you, a uh, similar situation in game one, if I told you, uh, that uh, Portland only scored 100 points. You probably don't think that the Portland Trailblazers uh, won a basketball game. If I tell you that LeBron James had 10 points, uh, then you probably don't think that the Lakers won by 23. But, hey, it is what it is. The Milwaukee Bucks uh, get back in the win column. Is everything all right with Milwaukee? We'll break it down with P. Annapolis. Already has televisions, P. Annapolis. And, of course, former assistant coach with the UMass uh, Minutemen. The Miami Heat uh, continue to um, wear out and beat down uh, the Pacers. Uh, the Heat are up uh, two games tonight. And remember, those, there's no home court to step up and save uh, anybody in the NBA bubble. Speaking of uh, saviors, uh, we'll find out if there's a savior in the NBA draft. The Minnesota Timberwolves, Timberwolves of all teams, actually win the NBA lottery uh, this evening. And it's all over but the crying once again for New York Knicks uh, fans who for, uh, yeah, it actually is true. Ever since like they won that lottery with Patrick Ewing, things haven't gone well for them um, in lotteries. The New York Knicks will be picking eighth. <laughs> well, you know they did win the NHL lottery, right? There's only so much uh, luck that can happen uh, in that arena uh, at once. So we're going to track it. We're going to bang it. The New York Islanders victorious, and the Islanders advance in the playoffs. Similar fashion as they did uh, last year. They knock off a powerhouse. Last year, they knocked off Pittsburgh. This year, they get it done against the Washington Capitals. Four games to one. The New York Islanders uh, advance. Uh, Gallagher out for the Montreal Canadiens in their key tilt on Friday against the Philadelphia Flyers. Because now, there's uh, some intensity. Now, once there's blood that's been drawn, then, then it's real. Right, Pete Annapolis steps up, and then Steve Merrill joins us. You can't do sports rage late night. Bring it. Sports 
Bet.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. I'm a rageaholic. <laughs> I just can't live without rageahol. <laughs> Sports Rage Late Night. I'm Morenci. Los Angeles Lakers get it done uh, this evening. Anthony Davis goes off 31 points, 11 rebounds for AD this evening. Uh, I think the key uh, the key storyline uh, tonight, not only the Lakers uh, bouncing back and throttling uh, Portland, uh, but Damian Lillard's uh, injury and how severe is the injury. Uh, he dislocated his finger, and uh, the Portland Trailblazers uh, say the X-rays are negative um, after the fact. So that's a positive. Uh, that's that's a positive sign uh, for Lillard and the Blazers. But I tell you what, there's a lot of variables about the NBA bubble. And one of the variables is it really is going to be a war of attrition. Throw out asterisks. There's no asterisks. This is probably harder uh, than it usually is. Yeah, you don't have to deal with jackass loud fans screaming, but they're playing every two days, guys. Normally, NBA playoffs, if this is not in a bubble right now, Damian Lillard probably has like four or five days um, you know, to, to get the finger, um, to heal the finger. Now, they got less than 48 hours. Let's bring in Pete Annapolis uh, right now. RDS Television, uh, former assistant coach with the UMass uh, Minutemen. Uh, just saw uh, the Lakers and Blazers. And, you know, very, very strange. And, uh, Pete, it's one of those, I let, you know, I said this the other night. If I told you before the game, in game one, that the Portland Trailblazers score 100 points in the basketball game, you tell me, well, they got, you know, they lost 117 to 100. There's no way they won the basketball game, right? And now tonight, if I, if I would have told you before the basketball game, yeah, LeBron James can have 10 points only, and um, he'll have seven rebounds and uh, and six assists uh, tonight. Like, that's that, that's going to be a stat line. You'll be like, wow, the Lakers are down 0-2 then. Uh, but there's there's games, you know, you can throw out the box score in this stuff. Very, very weird series in which people expect points, Pete, and both games have been very low scoring. Yes, they have, and I think there's a couple reasons why. Number one, this looks like a traditional series where you had home court advantage for the Lakers that Portland stole in game one, and now the Lakers bounce back and totally dismantled Portland in game two. That's what it seemed like. 
Uh, I think that Portland today finally showed that they were physically and mentally fatigued. As I mentioned a number of times, they played nine games in the bubble before the playoffs, virtually nine game sevens. Uh, it was going to catch up to them. They had the momentum in game one where they came back and hit a couple of big shots to win the game late in the fourth quarter. But tonight, we saw a Lakers team that was in, uh, very aggressive from the get-go. I think Anthony Davis showed some uh, intensity and passion that we haven't seen in a while. Just going over Whiteside and Nurkic and, and getting offensive rebounds over them, dominating them inside, taking them off the dribble. And I think that opened up Davis's outside shooting. Uh, traditionally, sometimes what he, he, he falls to is just shooting those jumpers and then going inside a little bit. Today, he did the opposite. Dominated inside, that opened up his three-point shooting. I even like what LeBron did. LeBron was going inside, was posting up Gary Trent Jr., for the love of God, and trying to punish him inside. Uh, opened up a couple of double teams. He passed it off to a few guys. But, hey, this was Anthony Davis, Portland. Again, uh, put this one like, hey, they're just tired a little bit. They're going to come back Saturday. Uh, they're going to be a lot fresher. But the Damian Lillard uh, injury with the, with the finger, he should be okay to play. How effective will be, that's a different story. Yeah, exactly. So how how is it going to affect his uh, his shooting? That's going to be the question. And a quick turnaround uh, as well. Normally, they don't have that uh, quick turnaround. So we saw in the bubble, and I completely agree with you, and I talked about this before the game on Game Time Decisions uh, this evening on the same radio stations you're listening to us on uh, right now. I you know Listen, I had to pick Portland plus the points tonight, uh, Pete. Well, I didn't have to. Nobody had a gun to my head telling me that I better do it, but, you know, <laughs> I did it anyways. Uh, but I've been riding the Portland Trailblazers, and it's sort of like when you're at a casino, and you're going to ride the hot head. If you're playing, you know, roulette, and it keeps on coming up red, and it comes up red basically 9 out of 10 times or 8 out of 10 times. They were 8 and 2, 8 out of 10 times. You're not going to deviate. You'll keep riding the hot hand. But I brought it up that the Blazers were due for a game like this, right? It's hard. It's it's incredibly hard to play at that competitive, that that high of a level on a game by game basis without you know w- 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 without having to um, without having to regroup. Listen, even the Toronto Raptors, who have been very very intense and meticulous uh, in in the bubble, we saw. You know, game two against the Brooklyn Nets, eh, they they didn't they weren't they didn't have the same energy uh, that they normally do. It's going to happen, and you could tell right away. The Lakers had energy, the Blazers did not early. And something that I've noticed too, Pete. Remember, like we spoke last week, and you know we spoke for the last couple of weeks. You looked at the games in the bubble, and there was no defense. All right, we were getting told, you know, the scores were adding up to like the two fifties and two sixties, uh, etc. It's almost as if, though, now, reality, it's real right now. Like, forget about the bubble life and all that. This is like normal playoff basketball. I mean, look at the scores today, and it's amazing, guys. Three of the games, 111 points. Very bizarre. Houston scored 111 points, won the game. The Lakers scored 111 points, and Milwaukee <laughs> scored 100. All, they're all the same scores. 111-98, 111-88, 111-96, one oh nine. 100, very sort of normal, old-school, usual basketball scores. You can tell it's the playoffs now, Pete. Oh, that's a great point, Gabe. Uh, The first eight games in the bubble, they were filling each other out, but guys felt good. They were back in the gym. It was like a little, you know, run. 
Um, guys just, you know, let's go one-on-one. Let's get our shots up. We're not going to get too aggressive on defense. The intensity picked up specifically in the West for the guys trying to get into that eight and nine playoff or play-in situation. And then you saw now the playoffs are real. Um, again, you look at teams, um, you know, if you're the Lakers, yes, Davis was great. And, and when you look at, you know, Caldwell Pope, you know, he hits four threes. He was like, you know, uh, uh, 0 for 9 in the first game, you know, for one point. If, you know, it's, it's a shooter's league. you got to make baskets. And I think right now the defensive intensity has stepped up. You saw Milwaukee. There's no way they were going to lose back-to-back games against the depleted Orlando Magic team. Uh, there's pressure on Yanis. There's pressure around the supporting cast that he has. But he goes for 28, 20, and 5 today. I mean, how do you want to stop that guy? Um, I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, we mentioned, you know, the Clippers and Dallas. You know, I mean, that series is fascinating. And I told you last week, I felt that this series is going to be long. The Dallas Mavericks are the most efficient team in, in offensive in NBA history. They know how to score. And Luka didn't even play most of that fourth quarter yesterday when they made, when they pulled away from the Clippers. So uh, a lot of a lot of interesting series here right now. But the bubble game, there's no like, okay, we made the split. Now we're going back to Portland for games three and four. It's the, it, you're playing less than 48 hours later in the same neutral court. So mentally, the players have to really elevate their intensity and where they're going to find that energy. Uh, but you're right. Traditionally, I mean, if, if the Lakers played on – the Lakers-Portland game would have been played on a Tuesday game and then the next game would have been played on a Sunday in the afternoon on ABC. Now they're going to play like four games in between. So that's the reality of the bubble. No, you're exactly right. And it'll be interesting to see how LeBron handles the wear and tear of this as we move forward through the playoffs if they get through this first round. Uh, And I don't want to assume anything. As far as Dallas is concerned, you know, I thought Dallas would, would hang and, you know, they'll make games sort of like game one. You know, and I know Porzingis got kicked out of game one. Um, but I sort of thought, all right, they'll hang around, but ultimately sort of Kawhi will will take a game over. And, you know, the Clippers have a lot of good guys on paper, but they also, they haven't played together a lot. And they, they have a lot of guys that, quite frankly, haven't won uh, before as well. So there's a process to it. And I don't know, they seem to be kind of putting the process in the microwave, trying to like, uh, you know, ex- expedite the process a little bit. And I tell you what, man, Dallas is the real deal. Uh, we'll break this down. I want to talk about the other team from Texas with uh, with Pete and uh, get Pete's take on just the matchup problems that the Houston Rockets are presenting right now, even without Russell Westbrook. I, I tell you what, man, you know, I give credit to the Houston Rockets for identifying we are who we are and we're going to win or lose, like playing the way that, you know, we're going we're gonna to go down playing small ball because it's the way we want to do it. Portrait's late night continues, man. Your race, bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. 
And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In With Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Marenzi. Rage all you want. My name's Bobby and I am an addict. Hey, Bobby. You know, you folks aren't here because you're gamblers. You are here because you are terrible gamblers. Hey, Bobby. These folks don't need to stop doing what they're doing. They just need to get better at it. Sports Rage Late Night continues. I'm Gabriel Morancy. Shout out to our radio affiliates. Pete Annapolis kicking it with us uh, right now. So, uh, Pete, um, one thing, (laughs) you know, it's not the same without, um, it's not the same without fans in that it doesn't, you know, the, the playoffs in the NHL, and the NBA, the fans are a big part of it. People with their flags, the fans outside the arenas, and you know the the time off in between games, the hype, the hype in these series is build. And yeah, you know you don't have that experience right now. But I think it, uh, I think in this in this format, it makes things more competitive actually, uh, because it is you know you take away the home court, you take away the travel. Um, you know, it's basically no excuses. It's like old school. Like, all right, listen, let's just meet. We're just going to meet on the court when no one's there and let's see who's better, right? It's one of those real, you know, man against man type of let's see who's better without all the frills. And and I enjoy that. But one thing that I've noticed that I do notice the difference because, you know, I, I really try to identify the differences. How does this help us moving forward, especially with handicapping? Uh, but one thing I've noticed and it's not in my head. It's true. I, I noticed it early in the bubble. And as you stated, there was almost like, all right, let's just sort of have fun early and and get 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 back on track. But referees, Pete, without the fans, I don't know if it's if it's the fan aspect or what what it is, but if you notice, there's way, way less star treatment, Pete. They call LeBron James for basically like caring. Right, like they call him for traveling. I, you know what I mean. Harden, Harden doesn't get the automatic foul anymore all the time. I've seen it often. Like, I think it helps a team like the Toronto Raptors that actually is a little chippy and plays hard. It's a lot. You and I talked about this. Remember during the basketball tournament when they played, uh, you know, for on ESPN for a million dollars, all the different teams, the college alums and stuff, and they let it go. And, you know, we thought, oh, is it just sort of the, you know, oh, it's different, different style. But I really think there's something to this. And I read a study uh, for a university study. It was done in Italy, England, and America, a combination of, of how re- no fans have an impact on referees uh, in soccer and basketball, et cetera. And they were, you know, even referees admit that if they screw up a call on the road and the fans are all over them, it does lead to makeup calls. Talk to me about this, Pete. Have you noticed this as well, that they, the stars aren't getting quite as many free calls and the refs are letting a lot more go? No, I Except would agree. Except with Persingas the other night. <laughs> Except well, with Persingas. That, 
that's the problem, right? The NBA referees are the best referees in the world in any sport. They get probably 95, 96% of the calls right. The problem is with a referee, you could be perfect. You could be throwing a perfect game, but the one mistake you make in that fourth quarter, the whole world's going to be after you. Now with social media, you're going to get called out. But that's, you know, that's why they're paid what they're paid, uh, and they love to be in that predicament. But you're right. In this bubble treatment, you're just seeing it. There's no fans anywhere. It's just the players and the coaches, and the players are getting after the refs. The coaches are getting after them because they're letting them play a lot more than we're used to seeing. And everybody's pretty much equal. Yes, the referees, they huddle before every game with their supervisors. They're going to they discuss which type of fouls they want to call. They want to see, you know, how you're going to call when Damian Lillard's going over that screen. Are you going to call that movie screen or not? We see like guys like Dwight Howard are so aggressive, and he's got his hands on. They're calling that more. Uh, but towards the basket, they're letting a lot go. Uh, I don't know the way if it's because of the TV. They don't want the games to be longer because there's four games in a row. Uh, but there's definitely something different. And with no fans there, it really changes the way the game is officiated. Now, having said that, the Porzingis call was 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 bad. Uh, I was upset just because he he blocked George cleanly, and yes, he swung his fist, and they want that to be an automatic technical. Okay, that's fine. But if you're going to give that, what? why is Draymond Green allowed to play every single game? Because he does that like seven, eight times a game. He gets into a face. He berates officials, and they don't say anything. Now, if Porzingis has a technical because you want to call him that, when there's this minor little, you know, bumping around of, you know, Morris and Doncic and Porzingis comes in, you can't give him a double technical because that's an automatic ejection. He's the second best player to Mavericks. Mavericks could be up 2-0. Let me tell you something. If Mark Cuban didn't give up about $2 million in fines to these officials, he'd be going off in a tirade right now. But he's tired of giving these guys free money. He's going to keep his money right now. Yeah, I was kind of why you know, it's, it's interesting you brought Mark Cuban up. I'm thinking I thought it was just David Stern that hated him, not Adam Silver. <laughs> but I guess <laughs> that that's part of the tradition. It was sort of like you know, you know, like the new president. When when a president sits down, the, the last president always leaves like a letter type thing, <laughs> like you know, sort of. Oh yeah, by the way, you got to jiggle this door here in the liquor cabinet, and like you know what I mean. I imagine like when when Silver took over. It's like, you know, sort of like a list of things. And at the bottom was like, and remember, screw Mark Cuban every chance you get, right? He deserves it. So I, I don't know what the deal is with Mark Cuban and the NBA. But so let me ask you about the other team in Texas uh, right now, the Houston Rockets. And, you know, you and I talked about it when they traded Capella. And I like Clint Capella. I think Capella's a good player. But the fact of the matter is they weren't using him properly. They couldn't figure it out, and in their mind, Pete, he was just kind of in the way. And it wasn't personal against Capella. I totally understood what their thought process. They basically want the paint clear, right? They don't. They're spacing everything out. He's not a three-point shooter. He just didn't fit their analytics of what they they look to do, and it hasn't worked for them in past years. This the the Maury, you know, just you know, the bomb the three all the time. You know, the analytic ball. But something seems to be a little bit different right now that they actually just went super small and just said, this is who we are and we're going to live and die with this. And it's causing Billy Donovan a lot of problems. And and you've seen it causes everybody a lot of problems, Pete. They spread it out so much 
then it creates open space. So once it's spread out, if you rush them and you go play them on the top, they can slash it inside or they just start zinging it around. They're such a good passing team. They really are a nightmare matchup, are they? Like Steven Adams was saying, they make you decide, do I stay or do I go all the time? And then they get you just running around chasing the ball and they start flinging it around. It's an interesting matchup. I look forward to your take on this just from a coaching aspect in which you're almost helpless. You just have to hope that their shots aren't falling because they're going to get open looks. I spoke to one of the coaches for the Houston Rockets, and when the trade was made, you know, they're just going to coach whoever they have, but they really believe that, you know, a few months later, now in the bubble, that ball is moving a lot more than it used to with Capella, Capella in the middle, and you're right when you say now they have five guys that can put the ball on the floor and take a three-point shot, and that is extremely difficult to cover and defend. Just look at this OKC series. You got Steven Adams, the traditional, you know, center, big man, plays back to the basket, physical. Then you got Danilo Gallinari, who's another guy who's six foot ten, big guy. So you got Adams and Gallinari now got to chase around guys like Covington, Jeff Green, PJ Tucker, Daniel House. This is difficult. But Houston did this not because they want to stop you uh, defensively. They want to outscore you, make it difficult for you to cover them. So. Um, they are one of my dark horses because we've seen when they played some of those big teams, they have the ability. Yes, they're going to give a couple offensive rebounds. Yes, you might score a, a layup or a, a couple of dunks because you can't rebound You know, if you're the Houston Rockets. But they're going down the other side, and they're jacking up threes, and they're taking you off the dribble. Uh, they're hard to beat, and Covington has been well, has played well. I think they're consolidating the way Harden right now can get to the rack. Harden is not trying to play too much hero ball. I mentioned Daniel House has been good. Jeff Green has been outstanding. Austin Rivers off the bench. And now you've got a healthy Eric Gordon, who's a matchup problem. When Westbrook comes back, let me tell you, uh, OKC, the series is not over, but I don't see them beating them now for the next five games. Uh, if the Lakers or Portland gets through, uh, the Rockets are going to be confident, Gabe, that they can win this and get to the Western Conference Final just because right now the sense of urgency is there in James Harden's eyes. I've never seen him so engaged right now, and he's physical. He's a physical guard, uh, and right now the way it's spread out, and if Tucker's hitting his corner threes, Houston's a problem. You're right. Um, He seems to be more team engaged as well, Harden. It's not just about him getting his numbers and about, well, you know, I scored 50, so no one can blame me that we lost in the playoffs. He, he's getting back on defense, you can tell. And while they're not big, they've got a bunch of tenacious dudes, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Tucker, like right. we know about Tucker. The guy's a street baller, right? You know, Gordon, Tucker, like these guys, they're smaller, but guys, like they, they hack at your hands, they swipe at the ball, and... They really are playing on a mission right now. Like, they're a bunch of dudes that nobody really wanted, and no one believes in any of them, right? Nobody believes in P.J. Tucker. Nobody believes in Gordon. Nobody believes uh, even Harden. A lot of people roll their eyes at him, just think he's a score. Uh, Westbrook's got something to prove as well. And me, I had my doubts about them. I respect them, uh, but, you know, I, I don't, I'm still not – I don't know if you can win four series in a row like this. But I'm seeing what a what a nightmare matchup that they actually do create. All right, Pete. So we only got 30 seconds, and we'll let you go. I know it's been a long night, but Denver, Utah, man. People sort of wrote Utah off uh, without without Conley and without Bodanovich. But I tell you, man, we got a series here. 
and Denver's kind of being exposed. What do you make of this? Who do you like tomorrow? Well, they're a little bit too big, Denver, right now. They're having trouble defending. And with all, you know, the accolades that Jokic gets and Jamal Murray gets, they're not really great defenders. Michael Porter, I don't think he's really ready for this big time. They're spreading them up. Utah's a tough team. Mitchell is being outstanding on a perimeter. Indianapolis, great work as always, Pete. Thanks for the time, buddy. Take care, my man. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Sports Rage late night. Thanks to Pete Annapolis, man. Uh, time always just flies by when Pete Annapolis uh, joins us. Steve Merrill will kick it with us in uh, level two a little bit uh, later on. Um, and our condolences to our parlay producer in uh, Midtown Manhattan. There's tears being uh, shed. They have 17 parlay. One game short, the Portland Trailblazers. <laughs> well, if there's any consolation, at least like you didn't lose by half a point or anything uh, anything like that. You know what frustrates me about um, about this game tonight with the Lakers and the Blazers game? If you tune into game time decisions, like, ugh, I warned everybody about this. What did I say? And I know a lot of you guys, I know we have a lot of listeners that listen to, to, to both shows. So what did I say earlier, guys? I said, well, I have a little voice inside of me telling me that Portland are going to get murdered and that it's just, you know, one of these, what you knew, one of these games were were was coming, <laughs> like you know, like basically this was like game. What was it like game eleven uh, for them of intensity? Yeah, it was game eleven. So this was literally game eleven. They were eight and two straight up in the last ten games, and every game counted. Um, like the ultra stress of everything. Like they've been they've been walking on a tightrope in between skyscrapers for for like three weeks. All right, so eventually you're going to fall. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's like one of those, like, all right, like, you just can't. Like, it's humanly impossible, like, to to continue this. So it happened, and then the wheels fell off. It is it is what it is. Uh, the, the, wheels, the wheels fell off. But what frustrates me is I, I took Portland, small play on Portland, because I've been riding these guys, and you got to ride the hot hat. Right. Otherwise, you start like picking one to jump on and off, and you know, then it gets real tricky. So you just ride a hot hand until it doesn't. So I sort of knew that, but I was, I kind of knew. I was like, man, the Lakers really are going to be upset tonight. And oh yeah, by the way, first quarter plays. Remember we identified this yesterday, uh, or a couple of days ago, whatever. Um, seven and one today. The last two days, seven and one. You add it all up, seven and one. The team, like we, the team that lost the previous game, won the first quarter, seven out of eight. Oklahoma City, actually, the only ones that didn't. Oklahoma City are the only ones that uh, that didn't. So we talk about like no, oh, there's, there's no zigzag theory in 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 the play in the bubble, 
while there has been a sort of zigzag bounce back theory with this first quarter stuff from the Morency database, seven and one. We'll get Steve Merrill's thoughts uh, on that. Strange stuff, though, man. And how about that? Three, three of the four games, 111 points were scored by the winning team. It's pretty clear. Remember last week we talked with Teddy about this. Ted, Teddy Covers joined us. And normally Teddy joins us every Thursday, but uh, Teddy's attending to some uh, some uh, issues uh, this evening in Sin City, Las Vegas, at Nevada. So Steve Merrill steps up and in uh, for Teddy. We wish Teddy the best. Uh, Teddy will be back uh, with us uh, next week. So um, we'll break this down as far as, you know, what does it mean tomorrow, like moving forward? Because now, now we're getting into the game three, so it's a little bit different, right? It was easy. It's all right. Like, basically, it was all the game twos, guys. Every team that lost game one, so then all the game twos, the team that lost, they won the first quarter seven of the eight times. Oklahoma City were the only team that didn't. And then Oklahoma City were actually up at the half, but they weren't up uh, after the first quarter uh, of play. So I want to get to a couple of. We're gonna get to. We're gonna get to the basketball, more basketball with uh, with Merrill. A little NASCAR talk with Merrill as well. NASCAR's great uh, to talk uh, with, with Merrill. Merrill's on top of uh, the pits, uh, so to speak. Uh, but how the hell do we not uh, get to the fact that San Diego hit another grand slam? They're the first team ever to hit grand slams in four consecutive games, and I don't know, man. <laughs> You keep swinging. Number two, hey, Texas, maybe you should have shut up about the first Grand Slam. Like, right now, if you're the Texas, if you're the Texas pitchers, like, I don't know, like, I know um, I'm going old school here, and not everybody knows the Flintstones, right? It's 2020 now. I got to remember that. <laughs> I feel like a vampire that's been alive forever. But I'm kicking it old school here. But you remember the Flintstones? When, like, Mr. Slate's yelling at Flintstone and, like, Fred, like, you know, Fred, like, lied to the boss and would go to the racetrack or he'd go to the baseball game. He'd always get caught. And Mr. Slate, Flintstone, <laughs> would be yelling at him. And Fred used to shrink, right, on the Flintstones. Fred would shrink as he's getting yelled at. Like, basically, if you're a Texas Ranger pitcher and you actually threw behind Machado after Tatis hit a home run on a 3-0 count, like, really? Like, you should freaking shrink and shut up right now. Your staff has given up grand slams on four consecutive days. Is that your opponent's fault, guys? I hate to break it to you because, you know, the modern baseball player who I defended a lot coming into this season just because I saw what the owners are trying to do, but these guys really are soft. Like, they, they really are. Like every and, and it's funny because there's the complaint about the unwritten rules and all the code and all this type of stuff. And there are a lot of younger players that are fun players. You know, Fernando Tatis Jr., Vladimir Guerrero Jr., you know, Tim Anderson, Bryce Harper. Like, there are guys that want to have fun uh, out there. All right? But, you know, generally as a whole... It's amazing how thin-skinned baseball players really are. And it happens all the time. It happens all the time in which 
analysts get warned and then subsequently fired and replaced because they're they're too negative. And you'd be surprised about what passes off for being too negative. Man, Tommy Hutton, longtime Major League Baseball uh, vet, Tommy Hutton, he's a longtime analyst. He used to do the Expos and you know for a while. You know, he's with the Marlins for a long time. He got fired. I think they brought him back just because, like, uh, you know, people were so upset. I think they, you know, I think they brought him back like a, a year or two after the fact. But basically, he got fired just because the players complained. Like the players actually listen to the broadcast after, or if they don't listen, they have people that tell them. Like, trust me, I used to wonder. Like, I used to get in trouble all the time with, like, presidents of sports teams and big-time big, big time people, right? And I'd be like, nah. I, like, I'd be thinking, why the hell would the owner of that team be listening to this show? He's not going to know what I say. Except the owner of the team doesn't listen to the show. He doesn't have to. They pay cronies to listen to the show. Every big-time team, guys, has, like, the Lakers... The Lakers have like a bunch of people whose job it is. I'm sure it's a good job, isn't it? It's almost like being a beer uh, taster, right? Wine taster. He's <laughs> sampling weed. <laughs> you guys, a lot of our listeners right now are like, yeah, I'll do this job. So basically, yeah, so people's job is they listen to every show or they watch every show and they'll be assigned shows, right? Because there's so many shows, right? So, you know, like one, one guy... We'll, we'll be told, all right, listen, you watch Colin Cowherd, Stephen A. Smith, and you watch all those shows and basically tell us what they're saying. Like, they want to know who's friendly, who's not, who's ripping them, so they know, like, who to go, what shows to go on, who to avoid, who to ban. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, they do monitor this stuff. They, they, they really do. They really do monitor this stuff. So... Yeah, so if you're if you're Texas though, like honestly, like you guys ran your mouth, you cried about this, you threw at people, you threw at people, and now you give up grand slams and four straight, uh, <laughs> and four straight, four straight games. That's unbelievable. And this also sort of you know all comes together here in. The fact that so Fernando Tatis got called out. What was the score? It was 10 3 when he did this? So it was a seven run lead in the eighth inning. And he gets called out for hitting another grand slam. Meanwhile, today, the Toronto Blue Jays were down 7 2 and exploded for seven runs in the sixth inning. And they won the baseball game because it's a seven inning baseball game. So it's like coming back in the eighth. So they scored seven runs in one inning. Like anybody that doesn't understand that seven seven runs in the modern era right now, like baseball has changed, man. All right? This isn't like the old days. Like seven runs doesn't mean anything. Number one, the ball is juice. Number two, the parks are small. The pitchers suck. We can go down the, you know, why, but whatever. And they're they're flipping out. These These clowns are flipping out. About about Fernando Tatis and even his own manager like should be ashamed. Fernando Tatis says, "Oh, next time I won't swing." No, next time you should swing harder. Next time, swing harder. Like you know, it's a pile of crap to begin with. And the fact, like, I, I'm so glad that we have an instance like this just a couple of days later 
in which it's proof, it's evidence in which the whole thing about Tatis was ridiculous in the first place. Seven runs. Dude, I understand if you're up by 17 runs, 13 runs. You know what I mean? All right, you're up by 12 or 13. (laughs) Basically, anything under 10, don't talk to me, all right? Like, honestly. We see this all the time, though. It's not like this is, oh, yeah, what a miracle the Jays came back. No, whatever. So let's track this, okay? Let's, Let's just track this from now on. So starting tonight, so we just saw... We just saw the Jays put up a seven spot in one inning and win a baseball game, come back and win a baseball game after scoring seven runs late in a baseball game. Let's see how often it happens over the weekend. Let's see like if it, it happens tomorrow, you know, Saturday, Sunday, etc. I bet you it does. So, uh, you know, what, 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 what are we doing? Like, honestly. Like, I always think it's a little bit exaggerated, you know, that, like, why do we, why do we even bother keeping score anymore? But you really do see the pansification trickling down now into pro sports. Like, you really, you really do. Listen, like, society changes, and I get it. And there's a lot of good changes. Uh, in society. But we're seeing now there's an instant people wake up in the morning wanting to be outraged by something. You know what I mean? Instead of living their lives and maybe stumbling into something that outrages, outrages them, they basically wake up, they get online, and it's like, oh, who am I going to try to cancel today? Who's, who's, you know, who's, who's the, what's the outrage of the day today? Like today, today, one of the outrages of the day is the, uh, the Toronto Blue Jays. The Toronto Blue Jays players made t-shirts that says homeless Jays. And it's like the Blue Jay mascot, except he's got like a bag, like an old cartoon character and like he's homeless. Cause you know, they don't, you know, they don't have a home. They're playing in Buffalo. So. All hell broke loose because of the homeless Jay shirt. People are like, you're millionaires playing a game. You're living in a hotel. You're not homeless. For shame. For shame. Sports Rage Late Night continues. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Portrait's late night continues. I'm Renzi. Steve Merrill will step up and in, in level two. We'll get into uh, tomorrow's NBA slate. We'll talk a little NASCAR uh, with Steve as well. Uh, Major League uh, Baseball, San Diego. Four consecutive uh, games with, uh, with a Grand Slam, a Major League uh, Baseball uh, record. And it really is just amazing uh, to me. That everything, everything is 
as I stated, everything upsets somebody now. And, you know, when I say this, too, it doesn't mean that, no, that Tom Brenneman is getting screwed. No, Tom Brenneman's not getting screwed, all right? <laughs> I'm talking more so about in, in the sports world. I'm talking in the sports world. You know, like, we, we just sort of see, you know, in which a good example is Tuka Rask. Tuka Rask quits on the Boston Bruins, quits in the middle of the playoffs, hours before a playoff game. And nobody bats an eyelash. Well, he misses his family. Well, fine. Then retire and give the money back then. Right? Like, there's no, you know what I mean? No, nobody bats an eyelash after the fact. We see, like, in the National Hockey League, penalties are being called for, you know, like, stuff that basically wouldn't get called, like, in, you know, in, in an eight-year-old girls' league. Yet, it's like, you know, look at Major League Baseball players complaining about, oh, complaining about, um, complaining about people swinging at pitches. And now, now the Blue Jays, their t-shirt, <laughs> actually a pretty cool t-shirt, to be honest. Um, I don't know, man. Like, you know, we're, I get it. I get it. You can't be mocking homeless people. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you can't be mocking and you can say, listen, they're not mocking homeless people. It's the Blue Jay, like, mascot. It's like BJ Birdie there. Like, yeah, they're, so they're not mocking homeless people, but I understand, like, why people are upset about it. But it is a pretty cool-looking shirt. <laughs> I want to get into the Chiefs, too. Oh, yeah, if you're a Kansas City Chief fan, Kansas City's going to have a new football name, all right? <laughs> it's coming. They're going to change their name. Portraits late night continues. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.